If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We're welcoming waterwaystravel.com into our network of partners, trusted resources, and fellow friends. Waterways is a boutique surf travel agency they are the experts in surf travel. Founded in 1994, Sean Murphy has personally pioneered many of the surf destinations that you've fantasized about for the past 25 years. And he's also fostered and nurtured relationships, individual relationships with humans in those locations, with resort owners, boat captains. He's helped develop tourism infrastructure all in an effort of ensuring that you and I can get good waves, refuel on good food, comfy accommodation, have internet access without a hitch. Among their travel destinations, Bali, Mentawise, Fiji, Central and South America, the Marshall Islands, Maldives, Mexico. Waterways has been an integral part of the surf industry, utilized by pros and brands for decades, and they are your trusted resource, especially with the travel complications that COVID presents. The Waterways team is up to the minute with all of their locations on the official protocols and what you should expect. So travel intelligently and stress-free with waterwaystravel.com. So when I was 16 years old, biggest kook in the world, had been attempting to surf for a couple of years from the time I was 14. Biggest surf fan in the world. I'm at a car wash in Mission Viejo, and I see a man sitting there, and it's Todd Cheshire, who I was a massive fan of. If you don't know who he is, he was one of the greatest big wave surfers of his time, paddling guy, and basically brought up Shane Dorian, Kelly Slater, Ross Williams, all these guys that went on. He was like 
their guy. He was one of the gnarliest guys. So I walk up to him and I'm nervous. And I walk up and I go, hey, is your name Todd? And he kind of smiles and he goes, yeah, my name's Todd. I go, are you, are you a surfer? And he goes, yep, I'm a surfer. And he proceeds to talk to me for like 15 minutes and he could not have been kinder, nicer and cooler. And it's the strangest thing, the way the world works. Um, tragically, he passed away about three months after that surfing. I believe the outer reef was called alligators and it just rocked the surf world. And I had that experience and I never got to tell anybody about it. But there was one other guy that was one of the only people that would smile or wave or talk to me that I would see growing up. And that was Pat O'Connell. No way. And Pat O'Connell ended up marrying the fiance of Todd Cheshire. And I was at a meeting with a gentleman and I saw Pat and he was as friendly as ever. And I started talking to him and I saw his wife and I'd never met her. So I walked over to her and I got to tell her the story about meeting Todd Cheshire and how he could not have been kinder and what it meant to a 16 year old for this man to take 15 minutes and speak to me, keep surfing, it's gonna give you everything. And he was right. And um, it was so special to share that story with her. He kept me going in a world of people at my local spots that were harsh. You get yelled at, you get all this. I was just like, I'm at the man. There's no instance Conscience or convenience Even though you stand on heavy shoulders I take the roundabout Cause I like to see sanction Again and again There are certain queer times and occasions in this strange mixed affair we call life when a man takes the whole universe for a vast practical joke. That is the bio line for one Jonathan Wayne Freeman who catapulted to surf world fame a short three years ago, utilizing Instagram to post video selfies wherein he would lampoon surfing, mainly with caricatures of the Southern California surf bro, I look like one of those guys right now that you know exactly how I smell through the phone. It smells exactly like a man who does what he wants. You know, he's got, he's got a must that says, I can do yard work all day, or you can take me to a dinner party. But at that dinner party, people are gonna catch hold of that must and smell freedom. If you don't know that guy, you probably are that guy. And then of course, we all know this guy. A straight, white, cisgender male who recognizes my privilege and my preferred pronouns are his and him. I hate my country, I hate law enforcement, and I hate the military. I don't believe in open debate because why would I? I'm right and you're wrong. I also believe that the world's going to end from global warming very soon, so I spend most of my days trying to get people on board with that thought process. I don't sleep that well at night, mostly because I don't believe in anything other than myself and appearing to be virtuous don't believe in God, have a terrible relationship with my father, and it seems that everything I'm doing with my life is for optics. Some people call me the smartest person in the room, so I got that going for me, which is nice. 
Jonathan's relatable, self-effacing brand of humor has helped him amass 75,000 followers and a video series with Surfer Magazine right before their closure, partnerships with Kook of the Day, a surfboard model with Santa Cruz Shaper Stretch, and Entree into Hollywood. But comedy wasn't what motivated me to reach out to John for this chat. It was actually an admission that he recently made, an honest and vulnerable post on Instagram that offered an endearing glimpse at the person, Jonathan Wayne Freeman, rather than the character. So that is where we will begin our conversation. My name is David Scales for Surf Splendor, and I really hope that you enjoy this chat with Jonathan Wayne Freeman. mind i'd like to start um by reading you your own instagram caption we're going to start on a serious note and then we'll roll into levity afterwards if that's cool with you absolutely whatever you want i mean all right cool uh quote almost six months of sobriety and i have to say that next to marrying my wife this is the best decision i've ever made my brain energy and soul feel like that of a 17 year old version of me that i loved the one that could light up any room without alcohol and never needed it in the first place. Thank you, CJ Nelson, Steve-O, you thank a few other people and then say uh, for speaking openly with me about your own struggles and most importantly to my dad for always being sober and present in my life. You never judged me and you were right, Pops. I never needed it to begin with. Hashtag the future is bright. Um, tell me about that post and specifically what spurred your sobriety so that post it was uh first off i was amazed at the response but i'm also not amazed a lot of times men don't talk about these things unless it's in private much less on a public forum and i've known since i was 17 years old uh first time i ever took a sip of alcohol i was on the surf team in high school I was at a party my family doesn't drink i didn't grow up around it and uh first time i took a sip i was like yes i love the party like my brain lit up and then that just snowballed into years and years of partying with alcohol mostly being the, the thing that i was into and i've known for 25 years that that was my kryptonite and every single day the same thought would go through my head which was wow I'd really like to stop this. I just wonder what my potential as a human being would be if I'd never touched this stuff, which was a big thing in our house. It was like, my dad was a cop for 30 years and he would say 95% of the calls I go to are alcohol or drug related. But I was just like, I can manage this, going on surf trips, we're partying. I was an ocean lifeguard. That was a big part of the culture. Um, but that thought just kept going in my head. Like, what could you be? What is your potential? And then you start to age and then it's not so fun. You start to see your friends develop real problems. You start to see friends die. You start to see car accidents. So I became a paramedic. So I know firsthand the devastation of drugs and alcohol. But again, it's social. It's part of the party. It's part of the fun. And every activity 
seem to revolve around that. And then you're the, you know, you're the guy people like to drink with because you're loud, you're funny, you're all these things. But I was loud and funny before I ever drank. I never had a problem in a social setting. So it's been going in my head for a long time. And the thought was, this is my kryptonite. If I could remove this one thing, there would be a hundred other things, probably more that would be improved in my life. So through the strange world of social media, I was introduced to Steve-O, who I remember seeing his MTV special years ago, where he was com completely transparent, open book, documented video of all his addiction, doing whippets back and forth, doing coke, drinking, doing all of that. And he's been sober for 12 years. And I met him and I was going through a phase where maybe I was 10 days without a drink. And I was like, hey, Steve, I'm sober, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, that's great. Great. Good for you. And then I went to interview him for Kook of the Day, this show we do called Kook Talks. We had the, the car all rigged up with the mics and the cameras. And he gets in. And the first thing he says to me, he goes, how's your sobriety? And I'm like, oh, it's not good, Steve. Two days before I had come home from golfing, I had blacked out. I woke up in my bedroom upstairs from my wife. It was daytime when I was golfing. Then I woke up in pitch black, didn't know where I was. I'm in my bed. My bed's wet. I pissed myself. And I woke up in like a, like mad, like in fight or flight mode, like <laughs> yelling at my wife. And I just went, what's going on here? And then two days later, Steve-O, one of the wildest humans I've ever met, is in talking to me for the first hour, which was amazing. We didn't use it, you know, because it was supposed to be an eight to 10 minute show. But he just took that time instead of goofing and being funny to talk to me about sobriety. And I was like, man, if there is a God, who would they use to get through to this person right here? Meaning me. <laughs> That's how that would work. Yeah, I mean, totally. If this guy did it, I could do it. And then CJ is another guy who I heard so many stories about from the past of when he was rowdy and drunk and on surf trips and doing all this stuff. And I've only met him since he's been sober and he's just been a pleasure to be around. And then again, another man who was open with me about his sobriety. Um, so yeah, I made it through the holidays. I started October 20 what was it, October 20th or something? So it's almost been six months. I guess April 20th, 420 will be six months. And it was really tough, first couple months, not gonna lie. Uh, third month was hard. And then all of a sudden it was like, felt like I had a new brain again. And it's really? almost as 100%. It's like I'm 17. And when, it's like I went back to when I started. That's how I feel. and. I lost a lot of weight and I don't want to be the guy who's having this telling everybody to get sober and all this, but I can't help it because I'm a better husband. I'm a better father. I'm funnier. I thought I wasn't going to be funnier. And all these wonderful things are starting to happen in my life. And a lot of it is because I was missing small details because I was drinking. And I had no clue how much it was affecting me. So I made that post and that picture, there's a picture of me on a board and someone shot it of me in the water. And I have this big smile and I'm going forward, not looking 
in my past. And I just thought about my dad. I thought about other men who were just open and honest with me. And that's all it took for me was people to be real with me. And um, yeah, I'm not looking back. So that's where that came from. Chris Grant is the photographer, right? Yes, sir. So shout out. Um, well, you told that really, really well, uh, firstly. Um, I'm always curious too. I will ask you questions about what you just talked about, but I am curious kind of right off the bat if, um, if talking about it adds any additional burden. Like now you're, it's open, it's out there, you're that guy. When people, uh, when they see you, they're going to want to ask you questions about it. You're now going to be constantly responsible for either giving advice or telling it, retelling your story and all that sort of stuff. So does that put any additional pressure on the sobriety itself? Not at all. I mean, I think it encourages me more. I think Good. I did that. I did that as a tool. So the Good. public knew where I was and where I stood. And before I did that, I just went to the, the Maldives for two weeks and it's a surf trip. You know, you drink beers, you drink alcohol, you do all of that stuff. And I didn't, I just, I'm like, whoa, my prayers have been answered. Like no temptation. Then I went to Florida, Jacksonville, have the time of my life. And I was like, this was amazing. I didn't have to drink. I didn't have to party. And the truth is nobody cares. Of course. Like, and I thought they would, they don't, you have a, I have non-alcoholic beers. I have a LaCroix, whatever, nobody cares. So for me, I'm kind of weird that way. I need to tell, I don't need to, cause I didn't have this platform before, but telling people publicly, I just want to share it because I don't know when I'm going to go. I don't know when I'm going to die. Yeah. And some kid, I know if I heard someone like myself say this when I was 18, it might've you know, joggled something in my brain and I might have gone, oh, that dude, wow, that's rad, you know? And I feel like I got a new life, you know? So it's 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 a win-win, why not share that? Good. Well, the reason I asked you that is because I'm always apprehensive to bring it up with people, um, you know, on the podcast, if I know that that's a part of their background, but they haven't shared it publicly then I don't want to put them on the spot and have that conversation. But obviously once you pu publish it publicly, then I suppose it's part of the conversation. Um, but I agree with you. I think it's highly important uh, to be an example for other people and to normalize the conversation. The way I like, what I like about the way that you told it is Steve-O's extreme example of being blackout drunk constantly for years that's what rock bottom looks like for a lot of people. And if they can't identify with that, then they can keep indulging in the addiction because it's a lesser version. They're like, oh no, I'm fine. I'm managing it. So I liked your version of it is a lot more subtle, you know, but it was, but you were still acknowledging along the way that it probably wasn't beneficial. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's the most bizarre thing. Surfing has given me so much. And had I not started doing what I was doing on Instagram, I wouldn't have met the people I met that are responsible for my sobriety. So if you want to say there's social media is bad, it is, but it, there's also an incredible side to it. The relationships I've formed are ridiculous. Where my life is going is ridiculous. And I was scared to start doing social media. I never did that stuff, but I knew what I wanted, what my goals were. Um, and it's funny with surfing, 
all the best stories are not told. They're kept secret. And I've learned all these things as a fan of surfing. And I'm like, man, I would love to share these stories with the world. But mum's the word. And that may just be men. It's probably not just surfers. And maybe some things should be told and some things shouldn't be told. But what I love is when somebody shares because that information helps me tremendously. I did Scott Bass's podcast. And when I told him about CJ, he's like, have you ever thought about, you know, getting a bunch of surfers together and chalkboarding some stuff and like getting a round table? And I go, that's an amazing idea, Scott, but they have to be open books. And, but can you imagine? Instead, yeah. what we traditionally do is we let people die in their addiction, but they're good on a board. Right. How's that help anybody? It helps right. people that are making money off of it, but it doesn't help people's lives. Yeah. You know? Maybe totally. it's changing. Maybe it's getting better. I hope. Um, that was a good Scott Bass impersonation, by the way. Thank you, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> um, For me on your show as well. And, and David, can I say something real quick? Yeah. I am a fan of the show, and I want to say my three favorite episodes real quick. First off, oh, congratulations okay. on doing almost, what, 408 are in the bag? Something, yeah, something like that. a feat. And Crazy. my favorites, Jamie Brissick, Dave Parmeter, and then, of course, Stretch. But my favorite thing is that you used your full name, David Lee Scales. I use my full name as well, Jonathan <laughs> Wayne Freeman. You got to put your name on it, put your stamp on it. I'm Love trying it. to rebrand David Lee Roth. So like in the future, when people hear David Lee, they think of scales instead of Roth. So I'm on a campaign. Greatest front man of all time. If we could combine, listen, anyone, if there's a child out there listening or an adult, a young person, all right? And you have the combination of David Lee Roth and Freddie Mercury, <laughs> you are going to be the greatest that has ever lived in my That would opinion. be incredible. High, high kick, overbinds. Um, so, uh, I, so about talking about it publicly males, surfers, whatever, I don't think there was a platform for it previously in surfing. Like when I grew up, um, you know, admiring surfers, it was just the magazines and surf videos and the surf videos, um, celebrated the partying, you know, and the magazines avoided any risky topic because it wasn't in their fiscal interest because they're getting paid by all the sponsors. So that it was just, now there's all these independent media and all this kind of thing. And so seeing you share the way you did endeared me to you, you know, it's like, oh, well, I only knew, I only knew you yeah. as a character. Right. And then this now adds another dimension to the human being. Well, that's very nice of you to say. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I, loved the party. I loved lost videos. Those were my favorite. I loved seeing that stuff. But as time goes on, you see what the end result is. And it's, yeah. it's not pretty and stuff does happen. Really bad stuff happens. And I just think it's a, it's a slippery slope, man. And you can set yourself up for so much success if you can just get away from that stuff early or not get in it at all. And it really doesn't go anywhere other than, you know, regret, yeah. bad decisions, possible injury or death. I mean, that's that's the facts. And and talk to anybody. We we interviewed Nathan Fletcher recently, and he was so open about everything. Uh, me and Todd Richards. He really likes Todd because snowboarding legend, right? 
And to hear that guy who I knew nothing about other than just like he's Clint Eastwood of surfing in my mind, right? Totally. He's the guy. And then to talk openly about his struggles, I was like, good God, thank God. It was like a weight, like how amazing. Thank you. More of this, please. Yeah. Um, you, there are examples, plenty of examples of people, you know, of death and injury and ending up in jail, but even for people who are managing it, like you said, there's not a lot of good that comes from it. Like, even if you're managing it, once you age, you get older, you feel the toll that it takes on your body. And if you're focused on surfing at, a, you know, an intermediate level, let's say, um, it's hard to remain at that level. You just feel the weight, you feel the slowness and all that kind of thing. So there's yeah, you plenty feel, of reasons. You feel, you feel everything. And I, I just, I've been in that loop of bad habits for so long. And I told myself, well, this is just who you are. And then I'm discovering it's not who you are because a guy like Steve-O, like I didn't think people could change. They can change. And it's a freaking miracle. It's the craziest thing. And then I've seen plenty of the other, I've seen plenty of people die right in front of me as a paramedic that just, maybe it was their first time doing something. Maybe they rode that train of addiction for into their sixties and seventies and you, you see the end of it. But I mean, wherever you find yourself, like there is change and it's possible. And to me, that's the most exciting shit in the world. But wisdom is you don't do it to begin with which was what I was saying to my dad. I had an incredible example. I have very little trauma in my life. And yet I still was self-medicating with booze. Like why, you know, and this is what it is. What did you, um, I'm still curious what spurred the sobriety, like the 10 days before you saw Steve-O, why did you start that 10 days? Was there an incident? So that was a separate incident. So I had seen Steve, I, I would get sober for like 10 days, 14 days. And I want to tell everybody, Hey, I'm sober. And I've been sober two weeks. And then I would quietly go back to drinking and just go, all right, well, we had two weeks, but the golf story I told you about blacking out with my wife, that was two days before we filmed the episode with Steve-O. So that was very recent. And then him just sitting in the car when we're supposed to be filming and I'm trying to be funny and get jokes out of him. And, but, but he chose to focus on me and care about me. And I'm like, why is he caring about me? But he genuinely cared. So just a heart to heart moment. That's when I went, yeah, this is we're done here because this is an absurd situation. I never thought I would meet this man. He's a famous person. Who am I? And yet he's really being awesome with me. And I just thought, why not? And then I know all these other guys, CJ, he was a pile. He'll tell you he was a pile, a drunk, all this stuff. Dude gets sober. Now he's incredibly successful with his businesses, selling surfboards, you know, and these guys aren't beat you over the head with it. Cause that wouldn't have worked with me. The point, the finger pointing that this is it. For me, it had to be somebody just going, Here's what I did, that's it. And then me going, okay. And realizing that it's not over till I'm in the dirt and I take my dirt nap and I still got a lot of work to do, that's it. 
was your what's your wife's uh role and perspective was she fed up with you previously i mean when you very up, very very okay. much so i mean for for years i love her to the ends of the earth i do but um i'm so into pleasure whether it's taking a hot bath that's what surfing is for me it's a drug right whether it's getting a massage eating candy all of those things anything and i'll reward myself for like like in the past i'd be like i was on david lee scales surf splendor time to have a six pack like like this because i think i i deserve it so that kind of addictive personality that's that's where my my troubles really came from and she's known that all along but she's 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 awesome she's like be a big boy you know be an adult you gonna be a man or are we gonna be a child are you 17 are you in college or are you a grown-ass man are you 42 it's those kind of things and that's why i married her she was one of the first people in my life that told me the truth and didn't sugarcoat it it's the only thing that works with me because when you're semi-charming and you talk to people and you can make them laugh you get away with a ton of stuff but the real the real ones pull you aside and they tell you the truth. And that's that's what made the difference with me. That's what she's always been. And even despite 13 years of marriage of her doing that, it took me to this point very recently to go, holy shit, like I have this incredible woman in my life and I haven't been the person I should be. I have a seven and nine year old son that just now I'm like, these guys are awesome. I barely know them. Oh, you've been like lit up half the time. You're present, but you're not present. So I don't want to be the guy, the dad, you know, that's like that. No way, man. I didn't have, have a dad you, like that. Have you had any conversations with them and how do you explain it? Yeah, one of the worst conversations, I had a conversation with them about three years ago and it was for myself. I said, dad's gonna quit drinking. And then what did dad do a couple of weeks later started drinking again. So they saw dad make a promise to them and then break it. And they called me on, they're like, mom, they're like, wait a second. You said you were going to stop. And I made a joke about it and just kept doing it. Right. So what are they thinking right now? Probably. Well, we'll see dad. We'll see, you know? So that's, that was a foolish thing to say to them, you know, cause they watched their father you know, break a promise right in front yeah. of them. Yeah. Um, what have been your keys to success uh, in the last six months? So during during COVID, I did some online AA meetings and there were people there that were just so incredible and I never heard men talk like that, you know, and that was stunning. And I wasn't sure that I, I needed to be there, but then I found myself crying to strangers. And I was like, why am I doing that? And even then, I, you know, I had a guy call me and go, just give it a year, just give it a year, see what happens. And I started the process, but then I just ghosted everybody. Right. <laughs> and went back to doing what I was doing. Yeah. And it's just a series of so many events. I've had so many close calls. I've had so many things that could have gone the wrong way that could have been a, a bottom of the barrel moment, but it was really 
a combination of those individuals, a couple events. Hello, son. I can't read that. I'm being interviewed. You right can now. take. Yeah, you can take. Is a it break. an emergency, we buddy? You okay? All right. I don't um, mind editing if you want to take it. No, I don't. I don't mind at all. It's fine. Okay. That was my son, the one I broke the promise to. <laughs> it's really affected his development. Like, yeah, he looks resilient. But no, man, it was just like I want to do something with my life. And there's too many opportunities that are presenting themselves right now. If I was wasted and I look back and I go, well, you had an opportunity there, you blew it. And I think to myself, oh, I could have been sober. I can't, I can't have that. I can't, I can't miss the opportunities I'm having now. So in a way that's selfish too, isn't it? Like, I, I don't know. I no, want it for myself. I want to be the best version of myself. Well, selfish. I, I mean, selfish isn't what we're talking about. I think wanting to capitalize on the opportunity is uh, growing you as a person. You know what yes. I mean? So, and it's good for the family and it's, yeah, it's good for your it's own. A good, it literally has been the best decision I've ever made next to marry my wife, like I said. And the the miracle of it all is the finally the calmness and peace of mind like i'm not into meditating i'm not but like i just have a stillness in my head and i feel so much more relaxed and what are you better at when you're relaxed everything totally. and all the small details of be here at this time be here at i was pretty good at those but now i'm really good at those and i could have been good at all that the last 25 years and where could you be so the point is, if you're younger and you're hearing my voice, well, oftentimes it's not your dad or your mom or anybody close to you. It's some weirdo you hear on a podcast on Surf Splendor or a guy named Steve-O or a guy named CJ. It's these other people that you, for me at least, people I looked up to. I've talked to a lot of surfers that have had a lot of issues with substance abuse and they've gotten clean. We've had private conversations. And those conversations have had such an impact on me. You never know this effect that's just going to filter out. And what does that do? Well, perhaps it creates a better world. Perhaps some kid decides, I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to do drugs. So he doesn't overdose. He doesn't crash a car. And maybe he's the leader of the free world someday that we need. You don't know. And that's yeah. the truth. Sounds cheese, but it's not. Maybe he's just a better father, better husband, better whatever, you know, better employee, more productive. Um, I scrolled back uh, on your Instagram to about 2019. I was trying to figure out when you popped into my awareness, basically, is what I was trying to figure out. And back in 2019, you had all these selfie videos that are very similar to what you're posting now, but you'd only have one or two comments on them back then. Right but you were committed to the cause, you know, and eventually something landed. Um, it seemed to be maybe around May of 2019. What was the flashpoint from that your anonymity to internet? Yeah. There, I mean, just real quick. I, my whole life, I was trying to be something I wasn't, which was this idea of what I thought a man was. My uncles are all firefighters and cops or military. So I tried to go down that road, but my skill set, like I was a high school theater nerd. I surfed, I played traditional sports before I started surfing and that took over, but I loved that stuff and I was good at that stuff. But I thought I need to learn a trade 
I need to go down those roads. But every single time I did that, it was clear, obvious to everybody, you're, this isn't what you're good at. I knew at a very young age what I wanted to do. And I think a lot of people do 14, 15 years old, you know what you're suited for. So I was working as a night janitor, <laughs> the most depressed I've ever been. I just got fired from my second firefighting job in Santa Barbara County, which was my wow. dream job. I thought I was going to be surfing Rincon, living in San Luis Obispo, living the dream. And I got let go from the academy. And I left. And Why? I failed hose week. I was okay. terrible. Like, and I did well for a minute there. And then it just, there's no passion. Plus, I have terrible mechanical aptitude. Whatever, people that are good with working their, with their hands, I'm the opposite. That's why I'm fascinated by shapers. But I was working at night, and I was listening to podcasts as I'm cleaning a school, right? And I'm hearing all these people, and they're saying, you know, it's a different day and age. You really can make your own way. You could do anything now. Like, you don't need an agent. You don't need this. And then I'm walking around, and I'm seeing every single person has a phone in their hand. So I was like... I never did social media because you cannot get hired as a firefighter or a cop if you're smashing beers online. It's just mm -hmm. never going to happen. So I stayed away from it. You're not going to pass a background. But at that point, I hit rock bottom, like didn't want to. And, and even then, like I was I was drinking, smoking weed while I'm cleaning the school at night. Nobody's there. And all these thoughts are going through my head. Like, how are you going to tell your kids to follow their dreams if you never followed yours? Thinking I'm too old. It's over. I'm 38 at the time. And then I was like, eh, no, no, uh-uh. Like, you got to give it a shot. You got to give your dreams a shot. Um, so the way it really sparked was Kook of the Day. He was taking that page in a different direction. And he wanted people to do characters or do surf reports. And I saw a few of them and I was like, told my wife, I go, I can do better than that. And she goes, prove it. I was like, all right. So I sent him something, he liked it, he posted it. And that's when everything started to explode, but he also wanted to meet me. So we met, we formed a relationship. All the skills I learned trying to get hired as a firefighter are like, they're the best. Show up early, bring something with you follow through, clean up after yourself. You do that in the surf world and people think you have your shit together because so many people are flakes. They're like, oh, no, I'm going to Costa Rica. Said I was going to be here, but I'm not. And then they're gone. You're not in your head because it's, it's kind of true. So that's where that whole started was kook of the day. They gave me a platform. They have a million followers where all these people started seeing this and then that's they're off to the races and i was i was so stoked to get on kook of the day i was like oh yeah this is fun so yeah where it came from so did you have um aspirations as a comedian specifically like stand-up comedy or what was the so i did i did i did stand up a little when i was younger i'm i'm the king of like again going back to drinking I've had amazing opportunities when i was 19 i was signed by a talent agency in la and I went to six auditions. Then I quit and moved back home because I was like, what do you mean? I didn't get a something in six auditions, quit. Um, 
you know, and then I've proceeded to have things like that that present themselves. And I'm the king of self-sabotage. I, I would squash them. And I don't know where that comes from, but I did stand up a little in my 20s and then just became, became a stoner. And so right. you come up with all these awesome ideas that you write on paper, but then you actually have to go out at night and perform. And I would rather sit on the couch and eat Cheetos with my friends and laugh. Yeah. So yeah, when I was had when I was working as a janitor, I'm like, I'm gonna be a stand-up. I can do this. I love stand-up comedy, but I have a wife and two kids. I cannot go out every night and practice this craft, which is what it truly takes. You have to be in front of a live audience. So I was like, what is the next quickest way that I could get from A to B? It's either gonna be YouTube or Instagram on people's phones where I can present my view of the world, what I think is funny to the most people possible. Did you have any sort of path towards revenue in your mind? None, none. I'm working as a, I, I leave the janitor job. I go back, I have a paramedic license because I, I had become a paramedic in 2009 when I was trying to become a firefighter. And I'm like, I'm gonna get back on the ambulance and I'm going to hammer away at this Instagram stuff. And maybe it'll lead to something. Just maybe. I don't know how, but I know my schedule working as a paramedic 10 days a month is going to give me time to do this other thing. And my wife, God bless her, is like, get it, son. You've been talking for years. You say you're funny. You say you can do all these things. I've never seen it, but show me. <laughs> go, go, let's see if something happens. And lo and behold, again, the follow through, the relationships, you don't make money from Instagram. You make money from meeting other humans who you connect with, they connect with you, and you become either business partners, friends, sometimes both. And then you work from that for them. Good things come from that. And then you be a real person. You talk to the people that are there. I talk to thousands of people. Like I answer every DM. I communicate. Since I've done the sobriety post, I've had people from all over the world that hit me up. And I take the time because people have done that for me over the years and it blew me away. A stranger took the time to talk to me and it made all the difference for me. So I think that that realness, that's... That's kind of a, I think, part of why I've been successful. And people have been able to watch. I've known this all along. When I started doing it, I'm like, you're going to watch a person develop before your eyes. You're going to see this guy, which is who I am, who's trying to get from here to here. You're going to see him self-correct, you know, and it got tricky, you know, and it still is tricky, but it's also fun. That's what I love to watch other people do. I like to see the journey. So I hope that's what people see and are getting. And I've, I've been blown away at the opportunities that I've been able to get from just being myself, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, back to the detail about you were trying to be somebody else up until you were 38. Why? I think, I think everybody does. And it's, why do we do that? thought so much about this, Dave. I, I had a, like the hero idea in my mind from the time I was very small of what I thought a man should be. 
And I wanted to be the strong guy, the alpha. I'm, I'm none of these things. I'm not. I'm a comic relief. I'm a, I'm a communicator. I can do things in a different way, but I'm not that guy, you know? And I think it had, and, and meanwhile, I find out years later, my parents, my dad didn't want me to be a cop. My, my uncles don't care if I was a firefighter. They love me just the way I was. I had this tripped up thing from hearing things when I was small that stuck with me. And I just, I loved the idea of trying to reach these goals. Like I, I was in the Navy, you know, I, I wanted to be a Navy SEAL. I, I, I did all the stuff you're supposed to do. It did not work out. I was a cop. It did not work out. I was a firefighter. It didn't work out. I was a paramedic. I'm basically like the village people, right? I just need to be a biker. That's the only other thing we need, right? Construction. I, I don't know, but I can tell you this. None of that needed to happen. I just needed to go down the path of what brought me joy to begin with, which was being on a stage, being in front of a camera. That's what I love. I just did not see myself. You don't think you can, you can navigate that world. And I just thought you got to have a trade, you got to have something, but so many people do that. And it is completely false, especially right now. All the opportunity in the world is here. You started a podcast that archives historic things, people in surfing, and it's reaching tons of people. Had you not done that, who's to say what would have happened? So many people have been impacted from simple conversations. That's powerful. You know, you don't need an agent. Whatever you want to do, whatever you're into, you can do it right now. This is the time. So the scariest part, though, was jumping right? Yeah. Especially like, when you got a wife and kids. Yeah. How are we going to pay for things? How yeah. are we going to pay for things? What are we going to do? But all the, all the best things are on the other side of fear. They really are. Yeah. Um, I think the vast majority of people are not living their dream. B, they're miserable, not living their dream. And I think that you're right. Now's a time to where the, I don't know, technology is accessible. Uh, platforms have democratized accessing an audience. But the other thing is that those jobs that we were promised aren't really uh, paying the bills anyways. Like you can go to college, you could spend $200,000 at college. You come out making not enough money to buy a house in Southern California. Absolutely. And and you owe all that college debt. Like the equation doesn't make sense anymore for the way that it was sold to you and I, and probably the next generation too. I think the current generation now, um, I've seen st statistics like colleges aren't even looking at SAT scores anymore and um, all sorts of stuff that's like kind of invalidating their relevance in the job place. And they're outsourcing jobs now anyways, you know? So but I don't think a lot of people have the skills to necessarily be independent. They don't have the discipline to be independent. They might not have the leadership skills required to be independent. So it's hard for them to leave, even if it is not a great paycheck, it is still some security. I agree. And secure, security is awesome. Don't get me wrong. That's why I spent forever 
yeah. trying to be a firefighter. You get an awesome pension. You get to work outside. You get to be with a group of people. You get to help people. But to be st- to say I'm stuck and it's over, it's not. Like that bums me out when people are like that. They're, you have to you gotta get healthy first so your mind's thinking. And then you got to get creative. You know, and life's a marathon. It's not a sprint. We're not in the in the time when, you know, you you worked for thirty years and then that was it. You still can do that, and that's all well and good. But hanging out with successful people, like business people and older people, I never did that until very recently. And it's the best thing in the world. They just want to give you all the information, and you just sit there like a sponge, going, "Oh, you mean I could have done this when I was twenty? Yeah." You can do it now. All you got to do is ask better questions. You start asking better questions and all of a sudden your life starts to change. And you're like, it's not magic. It's just the information's there and people want to help other people. So you can create your own life. It is 100% true for certain people in certain areas. And it's true for a lot of people in this country. You know, there are people that are from gnarly, gnarly places with gnarly circumstances. But I also believe that those people, given a lot of self-work, given a lot of turn here, not here, possibilities are endless. Absolutely. Yeah. When you're hiring for a small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. And there's no faster or effective way than through LinkedIn jobs. Your time and capital are precious, and there is a powerful resource that can help you focus on what you're good at and integrate people into your team seamlessly to help grow your business. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team efficiently and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. Everyone is already on LinkedIn with their resumes and references, and now LinkedIn has designed a hiring platform to connect you with candidates specifically qualified for the job that you post about. More than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set to help us all advance our position. 2.5 million businesses already use LinkedIn for hiring, and 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's that fast, easy to use, and effective. LinkedIn Jobs can help you write job descriptions, filter the right person to you, and give you the tools to help you interview them like a pro. LinkedInjobs.com surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free. That's linkedinjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Our beloved realwatersports.com is your trusted retail resource for surfboards and anything that you need for surfing. And by the way, the anything you need stuff is all 15% off with a surfboard purchase. So their board loft actually houses 1,500 surfboards. So they have a huge inventory of many of the brands that we actually have discussed, surfboard shapers that we have interviewed here on the podcast. John Pizel, Ipa, Pat Rawson, Chris Christensen, Ricky Carroll, Roger Hines, Maurice Cole, the list goes on and on and on. So whatever you're looking for, they probably have multiple versions of it in your appropriate size, but better than that, they have surfboard review videos to help you find exactly what you need and a super helpful, knowledgeable staff, very focused on customer service, which is rare nowadays. And then once you decide which surfboard you want, they can ship it to you anywhere in the world for one low flat fee, which is crazy. And then, like I said, 15% off all accessories. That discount is automatically applied in your shopping cart. You just have to make a surfboard purchase in order to get the 15% off all the accessories. So we love them. They're great partners and supporters of our work. So consider them for any of your next surf purchases. Realwatersports.com. When you said you're 38, not living your dream, I was thinking, if you asked me when I was 38, what my dream was, I don't even know if I could tell you, like, I don't remember what my dream was. So I'm curious, what would your dream have been? Even, I mean, I would imagine that it might've been grander than being an Instagram celebrity. Even when you were young, what was, what was the moonshot? So my, my, this, I guarantee you, I tell everybody they I, you get your haters and your, your, all that from the very beginning. And thank God I didn't listen to him. But I would always say the same thing to him. I go, come back in 10 years, come back in 10 years. Cause everything takes about 10 years to build. And I know where I'm going and I know what I'm going to do and I know how to do it. So you can watch me do it and you could do it too, or you can just spit hate. But my dream for the next you know, few years, you break it down, right? Into these different things. First off, I always wanted to act. I always wanted to be an entertainer. I always wanted to be in commercials. I always wanted to be a pitch man. I always wanted to do stand-up. So guess what? I can do all of that. So that's probably what I'll do for the next few years. Will I still love surfing 10 years from now? Absolutely. Will I be in the surf world? Yeah, I'll have a foot in there, but I was never part of the surf industry. That's what people, I get, I've gotten trouble from people that are like, you're in the surf industry, you know the rules. I'm like, brother, you, I'm just a dude with a phone. I have no affiliation with the surf world. This is just a fan and a person who loves surfing. And I've met incredible people, but I've also met people that think I'm harping on you know, this or that for a certain thing. These are just things I think are funny. And a lot of it's not even necessarily real, but I wanna make a difference in this world. I want to do big things. I want to redline everything, my potential, and make it as far as I can, God willing. And at the end of the day, when it's time for me to pass away, I want to go left it all in the tank. And what do I think that is? I'll keep a lot of that to myself because that's part of what I do. But um, yeah, 
I have very high, high, high aspirations. Do you still work as a paramedic? I don't. So that was, again, an amazing thing. About a year ago, I showed my wife, look how much money I'm making doing this thing over here and how much we're making here as a paramedic. And I was like, can I please stop being a paramedic? Because I'm tired, I'm overworked, it's in the middle of COVID, all the stuff is happening. And I, I still love being a paramedic, I did, but I was like, this is aging me <laughs> and I'm tired and I really love this other thing. And financially it makes sense. And it took a few months, but again, she took a risk and she said, yeah, and we did. And so things, it's, this is gonna be the first time, just a few couple weeks ago, did my taxes. I've never had to do it as a self-employed person. It's all new, but it's exciting and it's awesome. I still have my paramedic license. I just renewed it. I will keep it. If this all goes away tomorrow, I will go back and be a paramedic and I'll be sober and I'll be happy. But I also have a new set of tools, new set of friends. And if there's nothing to do with being in front of a camera or that, if that all goes away, I will be a happy, happy man, whatever I do, which is an incredible place to be for me. I could take it or leave it. That's not what I want to happen. But if that happens, be completely content because I have a wife that loves me. I have great kids and that's and great friends. That's yeah. all you need. That's it. That's wealth. In the interest of kind of creating a blueprint for people who are, are aspiring to follow the same uh, path, can you explain what some of the revenue paths are? And maybe not all of them, but like- oh, what, what... I'd be, I, I'm fine with doing that. Okay. I'd so, love to know. So we all know that on YouTube, you used to be able to make a lot of money, right? With, but now it's like, you got to have 2 million views, a million views, this or that. So I never thought I would make money in Instagram. All I thought was that it would be a platform to showcase me and whatever talents I might have or abilities. So what brands do is initially, if they start to see that you're catching on, they send you things, they send you product. They bro down, which is amazing. And guess what? You have no obligation to, to show that product to your audience or on your platforms. But what do you do if somebody gives you a gift? You say thank you. And the way of doing that, which I did from the beginning, doesn't matter if it's a guy that makes mugs that say surf something on it. He sends me it. Hey, he had to go to the post office and send it. I'm going to show it and I'm going to tag him. So you do that. And that stokes these brands out. And guess what? They send you more stuff. And what have I done with all this stuff? I don't keep it. Almost all of it, I give to other people. Why? Because if somebody gave me a t-shirt when I was a kid, I would freak out. Like if some dude goes, here's a surf shirt, I'd be like, <gasps> you know? So you give it away, you spread it forward. And then what do they do? They tag that product. Where did that come from? It came from me, okay? So then you have a bunch of stuff keeps coming to your door and you're like stoked. You're getting free beer. You're getting some surf stuff. You're getting lots of t-shirts. You're getting lots of clothes. So at some point, a company is going to reach out to you. And the companies that reached out to me are not surf brands. There was a Pure Prescriptions and New Greens is a company out of Encinitas that makes vitamins and a green drink. That's awesome. They sent me some stuff. And I would also make funny videos of anything people sent me. I'm like, 
This is hilarious. And I want to make people think that these people are pain because that made me laugh. Like, I want people to think I'm not a paramedic. I want them to think like, let's mock being social media famous and like, yeah, make it. So I would stand in front of Ferraris and just mock all of it, right? But through that mocking, people don't know what's real and what's not. And that's the funnest thing ever. Then all of a sudden, you get picked up by this company called Bug Assault, which is a huge product that was designed by a surfer that shoots flies with salt. And it's huge in the hunting community in all over the world, different states. You meet, you talk. And what? how do you meet me? Saw me on Cooper today, sent me a, a bug assault. I made a video for it. And then he puts me in a commercial, a national commercial. And then you're working together. And so there's a few different brands, like from the beginning, Pit Viper sunglasses is another one. Pit Vipers, everybody was like what are those things what are you doing especially surfers are like dude if it's not like core we're not into it i was like dude i'm i'm so past all of that stuff i'm a grown man and then pit vipers became huge and we've just kept an awesome relationship this entire time so these people that initially supported me they're still my people and that has led to so many great opportunities so that is how you're going to make money potentially from social media. You have to physically get in your car, go meet with people. And I've been to dozens of meetings that go nowhere, but they're awesome. You always learn something, you know, like to get, to, I've got to go up to LA and meet with directors, producers. I dreamed of that as a kid. And then they always surf. And so you go surfing and just don't be a dick. Be a cool dude to hang out with and life is grand. Be a cool human and you just, the world's your oyster. That is it. How'd you meet Steve-O? How did I meet Steve-O? Um, we interviewed him. He loves Kook of the Day. He's always supported Kook of the Day. There's a lot of, lot of people that are late in life surfers, right? They came in at late. And we always wanted Kook of the Day to be like a, um, or the founder did. I did not find found Kook of the Day. I want to make that clear. A lot of people misconception about that. I've just been fortunate enough to become involved with it in the last two and a half years. But it was meant as an instruction page. We're all kooks in our own way. It says that right at the top. Learn from this and have a sense of humor. That was it because we want to see more of that in our culture. So Steve-O loved the brand. We did a podcast during COVID that we never aired because we had a sound issue. And I had seen Steve-O when he was on Dancing with the Stars because I was the paramedic on set. As oh part gosh. of my job. Yeah, I worked on tons of movies, um, huge movies as a set medic um, or as a paramedic, not a set medic. But anytime there's bad stunts, they have to have an ambulance there with two ALS paramedics. And I would be one of those guys. And I watched Steve-O interact with his fans and I just thought, he's a good human. Like, I just thought like, he's a wild and crazy guy. Yeah. And so during that podcast, I told that story and he felt that. He was like, oh, like you saw me doing that in between takes, he would go, just talk to people, be normal. And there were so many other people 
on that show that were jerks. Totally. You know, they sucked. They were self-absorbed people, and he wasn't. He was a real one, as we say. So that that is how that initial connection happened. Then I saw him riding his bike. His warehouse is in Carlsbad right here where he sells all his stuff. He's killing it. And that's when he first, I told him, hey, I'm sober. And I've been sober 10 days. And then the second time around was when we interviewed him for Cooper. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, what about, have you met any of your surf heroes and celebrities? It's the best. It's the best. I mean, I don't get geeked out by much, but surfers, man, that's, that's, dude, if booze was my kryptonite, meeting surfers is also my kryptonite because I can get geeked out. But I've also learned like, you don't always want to meet your heroes, guys. <laughs> like some of them, an overwhelming majority of them and surfers in general are incredible. And then there's, it's like life, like anything. Some are, aren't, but for me, I've been so blessed to have surfers kind of dig what I do because they are loyal. If, if surfers, like if they get support you, they'll support you. They're the, they're the shit. They're the best. But, um, I've also upset pro surfers. I've upset. I've Can you give us got, a story? Yeah. Why not? This is about time to talk about it. I, uh, I was thinking before we started, I'm like, should I tell a story? I'm like, why not? Okay, so cool. uh, I'm not sure I'm allowed back on Kauai. I think my ban is a year. Wow. I tried to break the Hawaiian matrix. That's what I was trying to do. And I had friends that were like, John, don't post anything crazy. When you're in Kauai, just be cool. But I can't. I have to test these waters. I'm like, you know, you hear stories of photographers getting held hostage because they're not shooting the right guys. These these are the stories that we all want to hear that nobody tells. But um, having a great trip with my family, I'm there. And we had heard while we were there that there was a shop that sold really overpriced things. And and we were with a bunch of locals and they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's it's owned by, by this famous guy. And I'm like, okay. Oh no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I go, all right, well, he seems like a funny guy, like it's gonna be funny. So I make a little video, didn't really think it through. I don't think a lot of things through and, uh, or at least I didn't. And his wife who owns the store and she got upset. She sent something to me on Instagram and I took it down. I was like, okay. And my wife goes, good. She seemed really upset. You should not have posted that. And I thought it was harmless and hilarious. Uh, this person is a singer, songwriter, musician, slash former professional surfer. You can do the math if you want. And he's oh, a silly, silly guy. I no. thought it was somebody else. No. Okay. No. So good. Well, good. I'm glad. I'm glad it wasn't the person I was thinking. No. So right before I got on the plane to leave Kauai, I couldn't let it sit because his wife had DM'd me. And I'm very intuitive, like about, I just know when you read something, there's a tone or when someone speaks to you. And uh, I was like, you know what, let's just see what we can do here. So I put some things together and I thought there was going to be Wi-Fi on the plane. I sent it out to the world. There's no Wi-Fi on the plane. It's out there for five hours as I'm flying back to San Diego. As I'm coming into land into San Diego, 
my phone has exploded. The post has been up for five hours. It has uh, like over 700 comments, like and like 3,600 likes, which was huge for me. It's been up five hours. And uh, but there's all these numbers I don't know. And there's like, the boys are looking for you. And I'm like, the boys are looking for me. I hope they're really boys. Like I could, I could take out a lot of boys. <laughs> and it was like, no, you are being hunted. Like you're gonna get the shit kicked out of you. I'm like, what? And then, yeah, I ended up uh, landing. And somebody keeps calling me. And then I get more calls saying, this guy wants to talk to you. And respect to him, he called me. I answered. I'm in the car with my kids driving back. And he proceeded to chew me out for 50 minutes and said the wildest stuff. He had his wife with him and it was like good cop, bad cop. And I understood that this was a man who had an, a wife who was upset, which I can totally empathize with. But the things he said to me, I was, um, I was uh, shocked. I was just like, okay. And for 50 minutes, I just went, uh-huh. And I, I took it down immediately, but it went on and on. And uh, I got a lot of phone calls and I called everybody back. There were major, major people that called. And it, for me, it was just like, look guys, I am not in the surf industry. Let me say it again. And there was a part of me, we talked about the next day, just going on Kuka of the day and just, ruining these dudes like because yeah. we could do that but we're not going to do that i mean he thought i was recording the conversation he called me crazy uh he said you're in the surf industry you don't you don't know the rules i was like sterling spencer you know the rules I'm like yeah. i didn't know the rules and then i got uh yeah i thought it was a safe target i thought he was a, a mellow hippie turns out mellow well hippie. well it sounds to me like um, it, they're running a business his, and his wife is running the business Correct. and you're going in there to say what you said here was overpriced stuff. We're going to make fun of their business. So it's understandable that they would take that personally. Um, do you regret having post like in hindsight or now knowing what you know and how they feel about it? I regret, I, I regret really having hurt her feelings because we, she was truly hurt. And she got a lot of negativity. And hey, I don't want to be Chaz Smith. God love you, Chaz, but I couldn't do what you do, man. You're awesome, dude. But you like, I don't want to be a provocateur. You know, right. I don't want to be in that. That's a careful, you gotta be careful, right? Because there's real consequences. I mean, I got home that night and I, I was like looking out the window. I thought there was gonna be a bunch of shitty folks singing F X surfers outside my door ready to smashed me with a guitar but what we came to and it was ridiculous we literally had a mediator there was a person who's an industry guy this person would call then they would tell me what they said i would tell him and it went like this and i said the only thing i could do is issue a, an apology and there'll be no comments below it um and so i did and it was heartfelt and i never truly want to hurt anybody yeah. And I learned a lot from it, you know, and at the end of the day though, yeah, it still bothers me because someone told oh. me, you take that down. And then there was threats. Fuck you. Right. Like, that's crazy. 
there's there's lots of there's a couple layers egos dude these are fragile egos this is what i meant when you don't know who people really are you do now because it's the age of social media back in the day when you just saw things in print or a video the way they wanted it you hear these stories about certain people and you're like oh okay not uh, uh and i'm not saying that about this this man in fact i hope to meet him and we'll probably be buddies honest to god we'll you guys probably, are the same person i mean your we'll, sense of humor anyways we'll, we'll probably get along and at the end of the day i respect him for calling me telling me how he felt somebody hurt my wife's feelings i'd probably do the same thing so there's yeah. no ill will it just i it was like a generate, like, I was like, bro, you don't even, all you had to do was make a joke back and you would have got all right. this, but he did not grasp that. So I'm always, I'm always surprised by that too, in the modern era that people aren't more PR savvy in that respect yeah. and understand how to leverage the publicity that they just got. Yeah. Um, but it hey, does sound hey, like, Hey, I'm going to use, I'm going to use a false name real quick for him. Okay. Lonnie Frankenfurter. I would like to issue a formal apology on Surf Splendor. I will continue to make jokes about you, but it's because I secretly like you. There's no ill will. I made a mistake when I was jacked up on coffee on a family vacation. And I'm seriously sorry that I hurt your wife's feelings. And it's I'm still talking about it. He's not. Yeah. He let it well, die. But I'm still fascinated about the interaction and the conversation i had which was it was astounding i was just like yeah oh. what about i was asking you about meeting your heroes that's how we ended up on that story but what about good versions of that are there any surfers iconic surfers who you're just shocked that actually love and support you so so many incredible surfers are amazing first off go kelly slater who in the world is as accessible at that level as this guy like he'll dm you back he'll comment back on things you write lebron james is not doing that the greatest f1 drivers aren't doing that this dude is just continued to impress me and i know i don't know man i've just been like you're a real dude and i love that and you're smart and God bless him. Shane Dorian, the Malloys, all these dudes I grew up, Nathan Fletcher, Tom Curran. I mean, Tom Carroll, I've talked to a bunch of times. He was talking to me about sobriety two years ago. And I'm just some dork. Like, and I had him on my wall, you know, like crazy to see that. Uh, and there's, there's so many, so many longboarders, Joel Tudor, all this stuff and you hear stories when you're a fan dude this guy's this way this guy's that way you never know who a person really is until you meet them lonnie that's why we need we need to hang out brother so that's um, i mean that's it talking about tom carroll i loved his cameo in sterling spencer's recent video that was i was dying laughing so good Oh, um, Mark Healy, Mark Healy's dude, Mark Healy's the man. That guy's legit as it gets. That guy's been great. Awesome. Yeah. There's uh, um, Devin Howard, Strat, all those dudes. I'm going to ask you to stack rank 
the best surf comedians of all time. I'm going to give you a list. Perhaps I've forgotten some. So if I have, feel free to shout out other names that we can add to the list. But here's your list that you got to rank. Sterling Spencer, Benji Weatherly, Luke Cederman, Ivy Miller. And am I missing any others? Trying to think. That's a that's a pretty good list. I, I Before, there's no Australians on that list, is there? Luke, well, you're right. No, Luke's New Zealand. Yeah. Australians oh, in general. Paul Fisher. Are, Let's throw Paul Fisher Paul in there. Fisher's amazing. Yeah. So this is tough, but I'm I'm a huge fan of Luke Cederman. If he ever leaves the Shire, like I've always told him, I'm like, if you lived in California, I would not exist because you are a lot funnier than me, my friend. And you know how to edit, which I don't. He's he's my guy. I just he's dry. He's so He's funny and he rips at surfing. So I hope he gets over here someday because I think he's a I think he's a real funny, talented guy. How um, how did he? I don't understand how he got funny. If I was that good at surfing, I would not develop any more skill sets. Dude, I said something to Stab Magazine in an interview, and I wish I wouldn't have said it. They asked me a question. They're like, "So like, what are you, what are your tips for pro surfers?" And I was like, "Well, first, it's or they said something about like how how'd you do what you do i go it's very simple just have a personality that's that's it you just need to have a personality but i get it how would you learn to read or develop a personality if you're learning to do giant backsize rotations it's hard to get both almost if you're impossible. spending if you're spending eight hours in the water there you go that's yeah. true i mean that's yeah. and it's probably true in any sport but second i think paul fisher because he was funny, he hilarious, was so good, so as successful. The man, as the man on the street holding the mic, asking questions off the cuff, he was incredible. And let's where, where is Mr. Paul, Paul Fisher? Not in surfing. Highly, highly successful DJ, killing it around the world. Why? Because the guy could probably have done anything he wanted to do. Um, third, uh, I'll go with I, I. I like Ivy. I've hung out with Ivy, and there's. There's not, where are the other funny females? Where are they at? I don't know. She's cool. She's funny. She goes after it. I, I appreciate her hustle. I want to give an honorable mention to Mr. Chris Cote because oh, yeah. that dude, he's like a jack of all trades and he's inspired me to just keep pushing through. I talked to him a lot early on about haters and he was like, oh, you want to talk about haters? Like, and he was just like, here's, here's what you do. You know, you just, do your shit you love, keep pushing forward. And that guy does, and, and that's inspiring to me. Um, yeah, so then we'll go Ivy, then we'll go Benji. Benji was hilarious. Another guy who I heard, and he's been public about this, so I can say it, I think, recently sober. So who knows, sky's the limit for that guy. I know he recently started a podcast, and Shane Dorian told him, I'm not gonna, be on your podcast until you reach your hundredth podcast, which <laughs> he's telling him you need to stick with this, right? Yeah. So, yeah. And then, uh, now, what am I saying, dude? Ster Sterling's not even—he's outside the list. Sterling, to me, was the guy that initially got social media early on, and I would be lying if I said that I wasn't inspired by him and was like. This guy makes me laugh. The centaur, funny sense of humor. 
he had balls talking about things that other people weren't talking about and he caught licks because of it you know like he's a fascinating character and he's very nice great heart really funny his sister's an incredible actress that's another cat that could do whatever he wanted to do so i i think we sort of um have a lot to to thank him and also all the early surfing videos going all the way back all the way back black and white just the yeah. sense of humor and the sense of fun that's what life's about otherwise it's really hard to deal with and and i'll even say the lost videos as much as they partied as silly as it was like it brought a sense of not so serious to our sport and it also showed what was really going on as they yeah. said and wrong. it wasn't all sobriety because yeah, it really wasn't i'm glad to hear you say surf videos surf videos is a, a genre surf videos and comedy was a genre unto itself that could be yeah. another addition to this list um and I haven't really put that together before, but you're absolutely right. There was a was ton huge, of comedy. Huge. Yeah. Ton, tons of comedy going all the way back to the beginning. And that kind of got lost later on. It has. For, it's super for, serious now. Yeah. Like all, all the slow mo, beautiful water. Dude, I was just on a surf trip and we got taken over by this company that was doing a shoot. And every single wave, these girls, the guys were wearing collared shirts like Dave Rastovich surfing every single wave and the girls in their bikinis, they would get up and they would just put their hands in the air like this and just go straight. And they had a drone and they would take pictures and then they would kick out. And that's all they did. And we were like, that's 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 like 80 percent of what we see is just perfect crystal blue water with this like lit. It's boring, dude. It's insane. Boring. Was it a product shoot? It was. Yeah. Yeah. God. Cringy. What has surfing was... become? <laughs> you know what, though? If you're not, the general public is so fascinated by surfing. It's it's never ceases to amaze me. They always have been. So looking at pretty pictures, looking at underwater shots, that really resonates with non-surfers. Yeah. If you're a surfer, I'm not sure why you would want to see that. I don't think that's for surfers. It's for yeah. people that want to board shorts right um kind of a couple of closing questions for you uh what so you've got a podcast is it just one i know you got midlife health moments are you doing kook talks still so kook talks we were stoked we got del taco to sponsor um we're doing the final one this friday we're Amazing. shooting with a guest i'm not going to say who he is but um yeah we're going to hope to continue to do that and that's just hanging out talking being funny something to give to to the people that love kook of the day and then midlife health moments is something that's sponsored by new greens and pure prescriptions it's with the legendary snowboarder todd richards who's an epic human who's been extremely kind to me extremely funny dude extremely sharp um olympic commentator as well former olympic athlete sitting next to that guy like it took me a long time to go like am i really doing this like right. you know and i am and he's uh he's been great to me and he does the monday mass as you know with chris cote but yeah midlife health moments we've basically just want to talk kind of like how we were 
about health, getting older. We've interviewed uh, Troy Eckert, who was one of the first employees at Volcom, rips at surfing, and now he's a life coach. Um, we've interviewed Angel Cortez, who was an Army Ranger, um, talked to him about you know, what's going on, PTSD, all that sort of stuff. Um, we interviewed, um, gosh, Nathan Fletcher, yeah. you know, and he really opened up to us. And we interviewed, his name's escaping me, Sean, Sean White's Olympic coach. I'm so sorry. And he was a bronze medalist as well. But that really came about because I know you, you interviewed, did you interview Izzy Paskowitz? Yeah. So Dorian Paskowitz, his father, always fascinated me, always been fascinated by health and longevity as I was drinking all the time, which is a weird thing. But when he was about 90, I bought a copy of his book and he took the time to inscribe it to me, wrote like a whole thing, doesn't know me, the man just did this. And it was amazing. But the principles in his book I found to be true. And there were five pillars of health that Dr. Dorian Paskowitz came up with. And this man did not get healthy until he was 37 or 38. He was a stressed out doctor who was losing it, about to crack. Then he went to Israel and got healthy. Here's what they are. Diet, exercise, attitudes of mind, rest, and recreation. If you have those five things dialed, you'll be healthy. And he said, health is more than the absence of illness. It's a superior state of well-being. And he took that quote from Eleanor Roosevelt. And it's true. We think that health is you take a pill, you fix it. You feel kind of okay. But no, it's a state of superior well-being. You feel like a damn superhero if you're actually healthy. It's the truth. It just takes work. That's it. It takes discipline and kind of, yeah, perseverance, I think, too. Yeah, but then I mean, it's worth like, it. To, yeah, to, be able worth to, it. to be able to operate the way you were supposed to, in fact, and if you were already blessed to be able to see and to be able to hear and to be able to have the function of your body, like for so many years, I've just abused this thing. And we're like cars, man. We really are. We're all wired differently. I can't put certain things into me that other people can. You know, some people are a VW bus. Some people are a Porsche, Porsche Turbo 911. Like, you have to figure out, know thyself, how you operate. But I'm telling you, man, you get those things dialed, you're good. So do you manage, um, how do you manage your diet? Are there things that you avoid? And then do you do any sort of exercise other than surfing? Yeah, so surfing, I mean, I've fluctuated, my weight has fluctuated from 155 pounds to 215 pounds in the last 25 years, which is a pretty pretty good range. And 155 is way too skinny for me. 210 is like stoner, eating all the time, big belly, you know, the whole deal. Um, the only thing that I found that worked for me was the intermittent fasting. I never eat anything after 7.30. For about five years, I've been doing that. I go at least at a minimum 12 hours from the time I go to bed till the next thing I put in my mouth. 
So it's easy because if you're sleeping eight hours or nine hours, you're taking that chunk of time. So then you have 10, 11, 12. You have three hours. You just got to wait when you wake up. That works for me. And then I eat in an eight-hour window. And I've always ate crazy. And recently I was like, dude, I'm not even craving that as much now that the alcohol's out. So I've been eating very clean. Um, yeah, and walk, walk. Walking is so underrated. Dorian Paskowitz was a walker. A lot of, lot of some of the most successful people you've ever heard of were walkers. You think you're moving, you're not beating up your joints. If you can just get a 45 minute, 30 minute, 20 minute walk in, dude, you'd be amazed. Walk up a hill. It's just walking, but weight starts to shed off. That's what's worked for me. That sounds very attainable. It is attainable. Yeah. I'm a big fan of the intermittent fasting too. Um, I stop eating by eight and I don't eat lunch until noon or one. Yeah. I don't even crave it. Like when you would think you'd be starving at noon or one, it's like, eh, sometimes I'll eat it too. I don't even, not even stress. Totally. I, I forget about it now. Like sometimes it's 14, 16 hours. I'm like, oh. yeah. 16 is what I do. 16 yeah. off and then eight on. But yeah. what's crazy too, is the meals that I'm eating within that eight hours are smaller portion size than I used to eat when I was eating three full meals a day. And I think, I think what yeah. was happening was when I was eating excessively, my body was using a lot of energy to process that food. And that's why I was feeling lethargic. And now it's like, I sleep better. My body feels more energized and I'm putting less fuel in it. I'm putting better fuel in it, but I'm putting less fuel in it and it's processing more efficiently. hundred percent. Same with me. I mean, digestion's the hardest thing we do all day that our body does, but Doing that and like not having those cravings, it's been so good. But if you think about it, human beings forever, they weren't eating like us, just like big old breakfast, big old right. lunch. They were out walking around trying to find food or doing different things. So yeah, man, I, there's just so many things you can, that start to get set in order. Once you get your health right, like everything just works better. It's insane. And you're, yeah. and you go, it's not insane. This is how it's supposed to be. You right. just, that's what, again, Paskowitz, he would look out at nature. Do you see, do you see a giraffe smashing six packs of beers every night? You know, you don't, they don't like just look and go, okay, what are they eating? Michael Pollan's book. This is every diet, every fat, everything he ever researched. It comes down to this, eat real food, mostly fruits and vegetables, not a lot. Yeah. That's all there ever was and all there ever is. That's it. Yep. Simple. Yep. We add a lot of complexity. Um, final question is whose boards are you writing and what was the last board that you wrote? Yeah. Um, through this social media journey, one of the craziest things that's happened is I got to meet Stretch and he called me and asked me a while back if I wanted to do a model with him. And before he even could finish what he was going to say. I absolutely. Again, wow. if this all goes away tomorrow, I will still have have I will still have had a model with stretch with my face on it. And we did that as a joke because it's utterly absurd. I tell people I'm the worst surfer to ever have a model. And we know that. 
but yeah, it's a, it's a mid mid length. I would describe it as a mid length step up. It's got the love handles on it. It's in his construction. It's bomb proof. You can ride it in as big a waves as I want to ride it in. Um, yeah, that's what I've been riding. And then I Amazing. ride his fishes as well. I love Christensen's fishes. I love a shaper named Rob Brown around here, his stuff. Um, he makes a killer Twinser. There's so many shapers. I'm so addicted to surfing. Like I've ridden them all and I have a serious problem straight up. I know. I know. Yeah. It's the worst. I'm afflicted too. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll link to your board model and all that stuff on the website. And obviously people know how to find you. They, they already do follow you on Instagram. So anything yeah, else I, you want to shout out? Yeah. I just want to say to anybody that's listening, especially if you're older, it's not over. Like just it's all the cliches you'd ever hear. Like get your house in order first and go after your dreams in whatever way that is. And, you know, it doesn't have to be public. It could be whatever, whatever it is, just go for it because no day is promise at all. This could all end right now and end tomorrow. So you might as well go after what you want. I did. And it's the greatest thing I ever did. It's changed my entire life that getting sober, choosing the right person to live my life with. That's a huge decision. Um, I know a lot of people are depressed. A lot of people are in the dumps and the last two years have been super, super hard, but I think we're at a point in history where the real ones are going to kind of come to the surface and we're going to start healing, you know, and we're going to start getting along. I truly believe that. I also believe you're being lied to every day by a lot of different sources and that you need to be a truth seeker. Um, and just dream big, love everybody, seriously, love all. Doesn't matter who they are, where they're from, do your best to love all and dream big. That's it. Love it. Inspirational. Act now, act now, oh. literally. <laughs> that means do it now. Healing, healing through comedy. Um, all right, well, Jonathan, of course, huge congratulations, congratulations to you on all your success thrilled to see it and um, excited to watch where it goes and evolves. Thank you so much. And seriously, man, I think you're doing a great thing. I want to say one last thing. Can I say something? Yeah. Cause Let's I think it. it's important. I think a lot of people when they listen and they hear listener supported, I don't know how that sounds to you listeners when you hear it, but I'm going to say how it sounds to me. When I hear that, I think of an individual who's putting in a ton of effort to talk to people, some people that we would never hear their stories that are important to surfing in whatever way. And then that spreads to everybody and we get to hear it. It's like an audio museum. So do what you can, if you love this, to support what David's doing because he works hard at it and you're actually a part of it. Whether it's five bucks or whatever you feel like, that's what listener support it is. It's a community. And if you've taken something from this podcast or any podcast he's ever done, um, that's how you show thanks. And it's a good thing. It's a healthy thing. Yeah. Thank you for mentioning that. And um, the, the absolute reality is this show, it's been a 
directed and produced by listeners since day one. Like it was getting listener feedback right from episode one. A lot of our interview subjects are people that uh, listeners have asked to be interviewed. A lot of the direction that I've taken the show is based on listener feedback. So it's all this kind of community. And I try to reply to every DM like you do. And so it's all part of an ongoing conversation. And I think that's special, you know, and now what's crazy is a lot of the sponsors are listeners, you know, the brands that are on board now, it's like they started as listeners and they saw the value in it. And now they're promoting their brands through the show. So, and then why wouldn't you support a fellow listener at that point? You know, this clothing, I need to buy clothing. This clothing company is from a listener. They're like-minded. So I'm going to keep the you know, the money in the family or whatever. So, And if you're wondering rad. how I got on the show, it's because my wife and I made a substantial donation to Surf Splendor. <laughs> That's the only reason he had me on. We're going to name a wing I'm after good. you. Curran was like, ah, no. And I was like, I will give you lots of cheddar. No. But uh, anyways, my Instagram's Jonathan Wayne Freeman. If you guys heard anything you want to talk about on here, um, just DM me. I would love to chat with you. Right on. Thank you, Jonathan. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. All right, man. Talk to you soon. All right, brother. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Says my son, it's all been done. Someday gonna wake up old and gray. Go and try and have some fun. Showing warmth to everyone. Somewhere out there Far beyond this place Where reptile aliens Made of life Cut you open Pull out all your pain You can connect with Jonathan Wayne Freeman And enjoy his comedy stylings On Instagram At Jonathan Wayne Freeman uh, Everything that we discussed uh, including just some of his videos. I've embedded all of that and published it on surfsplendorpodcast.com. So come there to see it all. You can also click over to support our work. Jonathan mentioned it, but it's $5 a month. Hopefully it's a small enough amount that you would not notice the expense each month, but it actually goes a very long way to supporting our work here. Thank you for that consideration. You can also link over to our sponsors on our website and benefit from any of the deals and discounts that we have there. Of course, LinkedIn.com surf today, waterwaystravel.com, and of course, realwatersports.com. And then you can also dig through the archives of our show. I mean, 400 episodes of Surf Splendor, 250 of Spit, 150 of The Grit, plus Hardcore Surf History. Donald Brink has old episodes of Swell With My Soul. Scott has episodes of The Boardroom Show. It is all available for free, but that's only available for free thanks to the listeners who actually make that contribution for $5 a month. So your support goes towards other listeners finding the show, towards archiving this for posterity, and towards the increased production and improved quality of production of future shows. So enough of that. Thank you. SurfSplendorPodcast.com. Scott Bass and I posted an episode of Spit this week, covering some of the Bell stuff and much, much more. And then Chaz Smith and I are scheduled to get together on Friday morning to record an episode 
episode of The Grit. So that should be coming your way shortly. And then, of course, I'll be back here next week on Surf Splendor. Okay. Thank you so much for allowing me to do this work. It is a pleasure week after week. My name is David Scales for Surf Splendor. And until then, I'm encouraging you to get back into the ocean, share some waves, and of course, shred on. But the realms our souls